where you going? No, man, you got the right classroom. Come on in, take a seat beside me, my friend. Hey, look, here come T.A. Charlie. Let's see what he got to say. You're watching the Road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic. Homeroom is on Rumble. You just go to Rumble and you search the channels for the Road to Concord. It's one word. When you find it, you go ahead and you click follow. Not mean you got to set up an account, but it's fast, it's easy, it's free. I did it. You can do it. For those technologically challenged members of the class, you can also catch us on Facebook, Twitch, and Twitter. Sometimes on YouTube, that definitely won't be today. <laughs> that's uh, that's usually just on Wednesdays when, <laughs> when we won't get censored. Then you can catch the podcast after the show. It's uploaded to Podbean, iHeartRadio, and Spotify. Just look for The Road to Concord. Then you can go to the blog page. That's theroadtoconcord.com. That's where you find all your show notes, study notes, and handouts for the class. Finally, you can email a professor at joe at the road to concord.com. He's a little slow right now, but uh, he'll eventually get around to emailing you back. Phones are on today, 229-469-0335, but only for registered numbers. We only accept calls from regular known listeners. If you wish to call in, you must be a known class member that has participated in the chats on a regular basis. You may then request phone access through an email. If you find our classes helpful, please click the thumbs up, like, subscribe, and share it with those you think could benefit from it. Warn them. Warn them. You will find out later today in this show (laughs) that Joe is an acquired taste. Mm. This show is listener-sponsored, meaning we do not solicit business advertising. Would do any good anyway. So we are not limited in the content we provide for y'all. With that said, we ask for your participation on a value-for-value basis. If you find our show of value to you, then you provide an equivalent portion of your labor and treasure through the donut link (laughs) on the Road to Concord blog page and the show description on Rumble and the comments on the other streams. Hey, we all know T.A. Charlie isn't all there. Now, just stay seated and give it a chance. You'll soon realize we not might be the smartest but we each independently form opinions based on reason and logic. We're free thinkers. Let's see what the road to Concord with Professor Joe Bakanovic has on the lesson plan for today. One administrative note. The playlist has been updated on YouTube for the prophecy series that we did. So it's there. It's and should be in the proper order and everything. So go have fun. Hey, Charlie, you know, you're speaking your Klingon world. Well, Hebrew, you're trying to pretend to be Klingon. I do know a little Klingon. I know how to get myself out of here. I go, you know, like with the Klingon, and you go, Moog, Choduck. That's exactly what Kirk says when he gets beamed up by Moog on the Klingons. So apparently they're not up there because they haven't beamed me up. (laughs) Anyhow. (laughs) It's good. You guys have fun with Joe today. I'm out of here. And I'm Sans Donut, man. No donuts at all today. Charlie, you are not up to leave me with him. Charlie, <laughs> get your booty back in here. <laughs> Pretty- I have the power. <laughs> so does she. That's the problem. You give a girl a female control of a button, then she's going to push it. It's a good thing women don't have control of the nuclear button. 
Yeah. Bye, bye, Hillary. <laughs> You'd be pressing. Did you just call me Hillary? <laughs> okay. Yo. Charlie's over there losing his cookies. <laughs> Don't you have some tapioca pudding to find, Joe? No, no. You're confusing me with William. <laughs> oh gosh! All right, go on. We got a show to do here. You're okay. confusing everybody. They, you know, you think this is a comedy hour or something. We got a serious show to do, man. Today's our inner Art Bell. I don't know how many of y'all ever um, listened to Art Bell on his uh, Coast to Coast AM with Art Bell, but man, this guy used to entertain me sometimes. I mean, a lot. Um, I did a lot of nighttime driving when I was younger, back when he was still alive and still with us. And he owned the nighttime AM radio waves, man. And he got some really weird stuff. I put a link to his podcast, or at least some of his podcasts, up in the uh, in the comment sections here. It, it, you could find just about anything on Art Bell. So I'm channeling my inner Art Bell today, because it's Conspiracy Theory Thursday. We're going to talk about anything we want to. And I figured we'd start with, yeah, I know y'all think I'm going to be talking about Daryl, you know, Bigfoot. No, no, I'm not. Y'all remember this from the movie Jaws? It's a picture of the shark, right? I don't see that could be anything according to the mayor. That, you know, I know it's a bad picture. It's the only one I could find on the internet. But remember, that's the shark's eye, right? In real life, this is actually a still shot from when the shark attacks Brody in Jaws 1 and he comes through the window of the, of the orca as it's sinking. So this is actually a picture that they generated from the film of Jaws 1 because this is from Jaws 2. But anyhow, you see he's developing the picture. It's the shark's eye, right? Yes? No? You see it? No? Yes? No? Yeah? Yeah. That's Nessie. Only this is a real picture. This is not a, a Hollywood. This is a picture that it, it, back before Photoshop. Photoshop didn't exist when this picture was taken. And this picture has been around for a long time. This is an underwater, they, they put these cameras down under the water and it was motion detector type things with flash cubes and everything because the water in, in Loch Ness is very, very murky. It's hard. You can't see three feet in front of your face. But this is one of the pictures they got. And that's supposedly a flipper fin, right? No, that's, that's nothing. It could be anything, you know, like that's not a shark's eye. Unless, of course, you know what a shark looks like, in which case then you can see the eye. Well... I don't know what the heck that is, unless, of course, you know what a plesiosaur looks like, in which case then you can see the flipper fin. But, you know, Loch Ness Monster, right? Nessie. Yeah, the most famous tale of monster mayhem ever. <laughs> Only this one here, there might be something to it. I just don't, I don't know, because, you know, this is one of the very first pictures we have of Nessie. And everybody says, well, that's just a wave. That's that's been the explanation is that's a wave traveling across the top of the water. This picture was taken in 1933, which is why in our Nessie photograph, you see in the background there, there's the ca the castle. Well, that castle in the background comes from right there in that real picture. So nobody knows what the heck this was, but I can tell you this. That's not a wave traveling across the water, because if it were, there would be other propagations of the wave in the picture. And there are not. But we do see propagations of waves of some sort of wake behind whatever the heck this is. So I don't know. But this existed long before Photoshop was ever even imagined. This is not a fake picture. What it is, nobody's particularly sure. Also, if it was just a wave, the person who took the picture would have seen the wave moving laterally or horizontally across the water. Don't know why they would have taken the picture. 
they took this picture because something wasn't right about what it was they were seeing. This is supposedly a modern day picture of Nessie. I don't know what the heck that is. I've got a sneaky suspicion what we have there is a bunch of seals swimming in the water, one behind each other. That's That would be my guess. But some people claim that that's a snake-like creature of Nessie. I don't think so. That, those look like three harbor seals to me playing follow the leader. And that water doesn't even look like Loch Ness. But you'll find this one. This is supposedly the Loch Ness Monster. I don't think so. See, Joe doesn't believe everything he hears. But now this one, on the other hand, that is Loch Ness. And that is not a Photoshopped picture. Whatever the heck that is, I ain't got the foggiest idea. But that's not Photoshop. If it is, it's one of the best Photoshops I have ever seen in my life. You can usually, whenever you're dealing with water pictures, you can usually, you can catch Photoshop from, from real pictures. I don't know what that is. That's very, that could very well be a weird wake wave because there does seem to be some other propagating waves behind it. But I don't understand why they would take the picture and be pointing at it and everything if it was just a wave. I, I have no idea. Got no idea. That, but that could be a wake wave, possibly. I don't know. So you're going to have to decide with Nessie what you want to do with it. But now this one, this is a little bit more problematic. This is a drone photograph. And a lot of people think that that's just, you know, picture of the, the sand in the, in the, in the, on the bottom of the water. And it could very well be because notice it looks a lot like all the other pic, you know, the wave, sand wave, uh, sand dune, whatever in the, in the rest of the picture up closer to the water. So that could just be an optical illusion there. You blow it up a little bit more. The problem is it seems to be a plesiosaur or it could just be us imagining that who knows. But now this is something that supposedly washed up on the, on the shores of Loch Ness. The problem with that is that's not Loch Ness. They claim it is, but I don't think that is. I, I think that's just some whale or something or other. Um, this is one of these ones where I don't know what to do with the Loch Ness monster, but now that one, that one's interesting. That one, I don't have the foggiest idea what to do with that because it, I don't know. That one was actually reported in the local papers and that is Loch Ness. So, you know, I have no idea, but a lot of people think that Loch Ness is, uh, the monster is a plesiosaur. And one of the things I do know from the research I've looked into on this is that seems to be seasonal sightings. You'll see it in Loch Ness in the winter, mostly winter months, colder months. And it seems to show up in the fjords of Norway in the summer months. And it seems to be able to go back and forth. I don't know. Do what you want to do with that. I got no idea. Personally, I think what we're really dealing with here is Daryl's go-kart, water go-kart. We do know that this is a picture. This is a real picture, man. This has never been fake show, shot, Photoshop that, that cannot possibly be fake. So now that what we know here is Daryl is actually T-Rex from, you know, Southern occupied Georgia. And this is T and we know this is T-Rex in the picture because of the hand gesture he's making. He's communicating with us here in the picture. So this is Daryl riding his jet ski. Loch Ness is just Daryl's jet ski. He's, you know, put a, prosthetic on it to make it look like a monster because he's been running around disguised as Bigfoot. So this is just your classmate T-Rex. So 
Loch Ness Monster. One down, many to go. This is Natasha's favorite, Mothman. And we we actually, Art Bell did a show on this one. And I linked Natasha to it because Mothman is her favorite. This is about Point Pleasant. It's, was it Pennsylvania or somewhere up there? It's I don't remember where this happened, but for like 13 months, there were all these sightings of Mothman. And they've even done uh, the local area, the local township has got themselves a statue of Mothman. This is supposedly what everybody was seeing. And it started with a uh, sighting on that bridge there, that bridge. And I, I don't know what this is. I rather suspect this is Photoshopped hoax here. I don't know. You do what you want to do with this. But the story here is that there was this flying mothman running around in that in that area for like a period of just a little over a year. And I it's lived on ever since, but it seems to be it was just that one period of time and then it's really been over. This is more I think that's another hoax picture, but people from time to time claim these pictures are real. I think what you have with mothman, oh yeah, here's another this is photoshopped for sure but i think what you have with mothman is this is actually a case of somebody somewhere saw something and misidentified it and because the first sighting was a couple of teenagers in a car out making out you know parking if i remember this right and it goes crazy from there everybody i think it was just mass hysteria so everybody started seeing mothman everywhere mass hysteria is a real phenomenon and it does take over from time to time. And I think I, I personally, from what I, what I have not dug into it that deep, but if you do, um, do what you want to do with it. But I happen to think that Mothman is a case of mass hysteria from something that was misidentified. I don't know. Yes, ma'am. So in this case, it's probably safe to say that Mothman's not real. Yeah. So it's probably not anything demonic, right? Yeah, I wouldn't think so. No. So <laughs> therefore, it's okay if I call it adorable. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that'll work. Yeah. <laughs> Natasha loves Mothman. If you've Thank ever you. noticed, yeah, you're welcome. Pay attention to the, the the things I latch on to. There's a reason I I tend to give credibility to Bigfoot. Not not even counting all the forensic evidence. The reason I give credibility to Bigfoot is those stories go all the way back to the Vikings and to cave paintings, and they're all consistent. Well, Mothman seems to have been a single isolated incident for about a 13-month period where the sightings were happening in a single geographic location, and then it seems to have disappeared after that. Yeah, Mothman equals the Nephilim. Yeah, yeah. Not quite. Quit getting ahead of the show. He's ahead of the class outline. I'm going to have to smack him down, road dog. But this is why I, 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 me, not to mention, I saw the Mothman in the X-Files and didn't look nothing like that. They didn't even fly. And they were supposed to be in the Appalachian Forest, you know, the, the National Forest, which is just a few miles down the road from here, like 60 miles from here. And, and in the X-Files, they had caves in the Appalachian Forest, which is really amazing to me, seeing how the groundwater levels at about six inches in the Appalachian Forest. So I don't know where the ground caves came from, but you know, maybe the X-Files ought to do a little bit more homework before they do their doo-doo-doo-doos. Anyway, anyhow, you know, just it's TV, right? Mothman, I, I, I've never, but now here's one that I do not know what the heck to do with. Skinwalkers. And why do I not know what to do with these? Because these stories go back ancient ancient times too this skinwalker goes 
This is supposedly a trail camera picture. Uh, I don't know what to do with that. It's probably Photoshopped. Yes, I understand. Except the fact that that general shape shows up, that, that type of shape, that outline shows up lots of places. So I either have the same hoaxer running around the world all over the place with his same little general, you know, figure here in different type poses, or I'm dealing with a phenomenon that there might be something to it. I don't, I don't know. But see what I mean by general shape? There's another one. This one's in a tree. And the one thing that's really interesting to me is the eye shine. Um, that's not easy to, I don't know. Maybe Photoshop can do, you know, I, I know, have no doubt it can do it. But the eye shine is interesting in some of these pictures. And if you'll do, I, I just use the better ones. You do yourself an internet search for weird things caught on trail cams. I have no doubt that the vast majority of them are hoaxes and fakes and photoshops and people out there playing around and doing, but there are some absolutely bizarre things found on trail cams. I've had a few of them around here myself and they're totally natural. It's, you know, like the look, Joe's got a black Panther on his trail cam. No, it's actually a Jaguar, but yeah, there it is, you know. That's really kind of weird seeing how the state tells me they don't exist, but there it is. Well, in this case, you got what appears to be supernatural stuff showing up on these trail cams. Like, what the heck is that? It, I don't know. I, it's a hoax, Joe. Well, probably, especially since there are shadows in this thing, but I, 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 I don't know. Hoax, right? But, you know. <sighs> Charlie Daniels had this thing right, you know, with the legend of Wooly Swamp. And there's some things in this world you just can't explain. Now, this one, this one's really interesting because there's a series of, this is a still taken from a series of pictures that, 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 that seems to be real. What the freak is that? Can you see now that perfectly matches the Indian, the American Indians and natives descriptions of a skinwalker so and what about that now that one's freaky uh, uh that's a uh, what's that a pan or or what what's the word for half man half goat uh, uh natasha there's your demons coming back into the world because that right there is a biblical creature yeah. Uh-huh. Uh anyhow, probably photoshopped, right? Okay. More strange trail cam pictures. This is this is one where they see this old woman walking at night. And, and there's dozens of these pictures. People ghost people out in their pajamas. Well, maybe it's just people sleepwalking. I, I got no idea. Or they know the trail cam's there and they're just hoaxing it. Yeah, man. Grandma wanted to hoax the trail. I I got no I I got nothing. I'm Art Bell here, man. You 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 make it up for me. You, you figure it out. But there's your pan creature again chasing a deer. Uh, it's just more Photoshop, Joe. Maybe, probably. I I, I would go with you on that. Yeah, Photoshop. But uh, uh, I don't know. I mean, I uh, do a search on these. There's bunches of them. 
And the ones I shared with you are the ones that seem to, to either this is just really, really good work because, you know, this deer seems to be running from it. And in this picture, the deer in the background seems to be looking at the little girl. Now, I think these are hoaxes, and I'll show you why in a minute. But, like, notice that deer, the, the, the stand for the feed to drop the automatic feeder, this tripole. Just hold on to this for a minute. I think this might all be the same person doing fakes. But here it looks like the deer is looking at the little girl. And, and it's possible, except that I don't, I don't know. But here's, here's another one. Here's your little girl again. Looks to be almost the same pose. Not quite, but might be faded out or whatever. And the deer is looking at her, supposedly. Another tripole. It, it's not quite the same location, but I don't know. I look at these things. I'm like, okay, well, these things have got to be fakes. They're hoaxes. Trail cam hoax is easy to do because it's always black and fuzzy, right? But I happen to know this much. There are hundreds of these things out there. How many hoaxers do we have running around hoaxing the world with trail cam photographs? I don't know. Apparently, there's a lot of bored people that got a hold of a expensive, you know, because the full version of Photoshop to do this. And they're pretty good at matching the black and white. You know, pretty darn good work. I mean, do we what gimp gimp are we are we are, are, are we gonna do pulp fiction here gimp or the other type of gimp you don't know what gimp is no i have no freaking idea computer word well yeah educate me gimp is the open source uh replacement for photoshop oh so okay so everybody can get it but still Charlie, how much work is it going to take to actually do these fakes? I mean, because they're pretty good. Oh, they're, uh, I've been looking at them pretty close here, and I've worked They're not this. cheesy. I'm, I'm not a graphic artist, but I have done this professionally. If that's a fake? That's good. How good? That's very good. Okay, so... That takes a lot. How good a fake is that? Because yeah. as somebody who spends his entire life looking at pictures to make a living, I'm telling you that the 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 light on that figure right there is perfect. That one bright in the foreground, who, darker in the back, second whoever leg. Whoever did that one, if this is a fake, it's it's done very well. Oh, that's expert level right there. I mean, yes. that's as good as it gets. But I would say that this to to me, this one, when I look at this one, I say 90 plus percent chance this is photoshopped the reason is the definition in a in a um um what do you call it infrared photo you ah you're assuming that. it's infrared well if this is if a is. if this is one of the ones where the camera flashes a white light to take the picture this is exactly what i would expect to see bright light in the foreground black in the background uh, well that's that's true that, that is definitely that you know true. that isn't it that that's that's true which would be, so and look what you have, possible. high definition in the foreground, nothing in the background, which is yeah. exactly what you would get from a flashbulb. True. And there are older trail cams out there that work that way. Yeah. I mean, it's possible. So, and, but, and whoever did this knows anatomy very well. Oh, yes. This is the... the that is very, a high-level well. CIA-level fake. Yeah. yeah if it's a fake. Yes. So, yes, ma'am? This quick observation have you seen the foot how it looks like it's kind of split into yes like a goat yes yes 
whoever, if this is a fake, whoever did it knows their anatomy. Yeah. And Sailor Sun says that's a scimitar. Yeah. Scimitar. Well, no. Um, there's another word for it. Um, it's not scimitar. Scimitar is half bull, half man, I think. There, there's another word for yeah, this. The, the scimitar is, is half. Um, yeah, but this is a pan figure. Yeah, this is different. But there's yeah, a different there word a for this. For it, yeah. And it's, con- it's it's associated with goats. Yeah, yeah I know Julie that this pan, but pan, I know, Julie, but there's another name for this. It's a, a weird name, name for, for it. There's a Hebrew one. word for this, which is another reason that I'm not going to immediately dismiss it because if the pit's been open and the demons are back, I expect to find these things running yeah, around. Yeah. yeah. I mean, but now, how good if that's Photoshop? It, that one I might give you. That one I might say Photoshop. But some of these things, how high a level is that? That's an infrared picture. How how high a level of Photoshop would that be? Yeah, that's high order Photoshop if it is, because look at how well the trees integrate into the front end. rolling stuff okay i, th- I think, think we're back i think we're back we're Sorry. having internet issues today folks so if it drops for a minute stay with us we're going to drag our feet for a few minutes <laughs> i think we're on target <laughs> <laughs> Natasha says we're up there. all right our class says we're back okay we're back okay. what charlie was just saying is that if this is if this is a fake this is a high order fake because look at how well the definition of the grass and the trees and everything are in the foreground and overlapping. I mean, you even got a blade of grass overlapping this girl's left leg. It yes. right to us, but her left. That is that that's just yeah. But that, now if this is real, what the heck is the doe allowing that child to get that close to it for? I mean, it does happen in the wild from time to time. It does. It, it, it does. But this is just this is weirdness at a high order level, man. So I don't I don't know what to do with some of these things. I just figured I'd bring them up. The other thing, unless this was during the rut, yeah, it is fairly unusual to see a buck and a doe, doe together. together. Yep. Now I have a question for you. What the heck are these? Did Dobie get out of uh, Harry Potter world? Because now here's the thing, folks. These are not. These are all from different cameras. He did get a sock. Yeah, I know, and from different parts of the world. And the thing is, this all seems to be the same creature. This guy got a picture of it jumping down off a wall when he was running around on his bicycle. This all seems to be the same. What the heck is that? Okay, again, I have no idea. It's just Photoshop. Well, that is a very good Photoshop. Because that's a blurred picture, which is if if I got a camera that's not set at a high shutter rate or whatever, this is exactly, you know, like if my GoCam set on a slower speed so I can get more footage in it, this is what I'd expect to see. So whoever fakes this knows their anatomy and they know how to do camera work really well. 
And then this thing, what the? That's caught on a lady's um, security camera at her house. And there's an actual video of this thing walking around. So if this is fake, this somebody faked the video. And when you go hunt this down and look at the video, it's not the figure that impressed me. It's the shadow. Yes. Because as it gets farther away from the light source, the shadow grows. So if somebody faked this, holy cow, did they put some time into it? For what purpose? Yeah, and faking videos takes a lot of time. But this is a video. And it, it's a several set, you know, it's like five, six, eight second, nine second long video. This thing walks out of frame in the video. What the frack, Jack, is that? And there are dozens of these things out there that you can find now. Now, here's another one for you. What do you do with that? That's a pterodactyl. Yes, but you know where that came from? That picture comes from? That's from an old newspaper article. Yeah. That's still in print in the newspaper. Yeah. I thought these things were extinct. No, you thought. Yeah. What's yeah, that? There's one there, too. Well, that one kind of, I've always wondered if that's Photoshop because it kind of looks like it might be. But this is actually, this exists in the photograph form still. Not on a newspaper. We actually still have the photograph, apparently, from what I what I was able to find. And we also have the photograph of that. Now, the interesting thing about the pterodactyl is if you do some searching around the internet, you're going to find modern-day pictures of this thing in the air, flying, and videos of it flying. Again, probably fake, right? Maybe. But the problem with this is we've got reports in parts of the world of the pterodactyls still flying around. And again, let's go back to the ancient Native Americans. They have this thing called a thunderbird in their lore. Well, folks, you just saw pictures of cowboys and Civil War you know, era soldiers killing a Thunderbird. They shot down a Thunderbird. So did they. So did they. Now notice, in all three, the anatomy is the same. So for me, it, yeah, there's something to this. In all three of those, the anatomy of the creature is the same. Consistency over a long period of time. That's one of the things that tells me you've got something. What you have, I don't know. It's kind of like a fisherman and you haven't brought the fish up to the to the surface yet. Something's fighting you. It's probably a fish. Could be a turtle. Could be a gator. Could be whatever. You don't know until you get it to the top of the water. But you got something here. And you have modern-day video and, and uh, still-frame photographs of flying pterodactyls. And these things have been reported for years, but I thought they were dead. Uh, here we go. Evidence for a new earth, <laughs> you know, young earth. <laughs> um, what else do we have on store for you today? Well, we've, we've got this time travelers. Have y'all looked into this one at all? <laughs> this one is just, I don't know what to do with this. Um, there are dozens of pictures out there that reportedly show time travelers. This one here, I suspect, I, I don't, I don't know what to do with that one, but here's a whole bunch of these different pictures where they claim it proves time travel. The one that I do have a problem with, that's a picture in a Japanese museum. We know this is real. 
So what's so funny about that guy? Well, first of all, the clothing he's wearing is out of place. Second of all, that picture comes from a time before they've invented sunglasses. But what's he wearing? Well, he made his own, Joe. Yeah, and when they first came out, they didn't have the wraparounds on that. That's a that the wraparounds on the side of those things that starts in the 1980s. So the haircut even is that that guy right there comes from 80s, 90s, or later period of time. What the heck is he doing in this picture? I I don't know. I don't know. Glitch in the matrix? You tell me. <laughs> I got no idea, Jack. I got nothing. <laughs> I'm going to save the rest of our pictures for a little later in the show. We're going to do a little talking about Art Bell stuff. It, the world is weird, man. And I mean weird. Um, I don't know how much of this that you might have been exposed to. But, you know, we got our giant drawings down in South America where you can only see the image from space you know, high up in the atmosphere, you know, like you're flying in an airplane or outer space or something. Well, the images don't show up if you're in space. That's that's assuming we actually have been in orbit because there are people tell us that we've never gone into space. We've never launched anything out of the atmosphere because we'd hit the dome up there and we'd bounce back down and fall into the earth again because the earth is a flat disk sitting underneath a bronze dome. Yeah, I know. It, I've even run into the flat earthers that say if you actually got into outer space, you'd be in the ocean. And that's because they're going with the ancient Egyptian cosmology that Moses adopted in order to in Genesis to teach a theological lesson. And we're going to get into all sorts of stuff there. We'll we'll let that go. But assuming you could get high altitude, these pictures in the I would say Argentina or dead of Venezuela. I think it's Argentina, but they got these etchings in the desert, and it's like, well, it's got to be space aliens that designed that. No, it just somebody who knows how to do geography uh, geometry rather you know and trigonometry could design that without ever seeing what they're doing you know the the crop circles we've got some people who have shown us how they make them those aliens making the crop circles joe i maybe i don't know but you got somebody who showed you how they use their stomper to make it and they're doing intricate designs we had a farmer who who carved a picture into his field without ever looking you know from up above or what he was doing he he used a lawnmower or something or a some sort of bush hog to carve a picture of a face into his field so, so he, mankind can do these things it's not automatically ancient alien garbage but on the plains of southern south america there's there's this flat area that used to be heavily populated populated the ruins of cities and sophisticated cultures but there's this there's this layer of glass on the plains and it's not glass like what you see you know from a window or anything it's have you ever seen what glass really looks like when lightning hits the sand it makes glass it goes down into the earth it's not crystal clear it's it's brittle it kind of looks like some sort of crystalline rock you know i know in the movie um something home Alabama or whatever, sweet home Alabama, whatever that the movie, he, he gets the, the glass out of the, out of the ground and polishes it up and he sells it from, you know, the lightning hit. That's not the way it works in real life. That that's Hollywood, but you can look this up. You'll see what the glass looks like. And it goes down into the ground when the lightning hits the sand. And, but on the surface in Argentina is this glass. We've seen this before in the Western deserts of America where the fireball from the atomic weapons touched the sand. 
So what we're looking at in Argentina is a layer of glass that looks like the place was nuked with a high order, I mean, massive nuclear weapon. Could be other ways of doing it. I don't know. I'm just saying from our modern understanding, that's the first thing that comes to mind for us. But now if you dig down deep enough in the layers of the dirt over in the ancient near, you know, Middle East, like Mesopotamia Basin area, Babylon region, you know, Iraq, you'll run into this really, 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 really thin layer of emerald green glass. Flat sheet. And it looks like somebody nuked that place eons ago. So I, what do I make of that? It's almost like civilization runs a cycle, gets wiped off the planet, and nuclear annihilation starts all over again. It's kind of like the Matrix, right? You know, Neo wins and we start all over again. <laughs> I, I don't freaking know. I do know this. If you go back far enough in the rabbinical writings, some of the rabbis in the Kabbalist movement say that's exactly what's going on. <laughs> and uh, it's the same story in the uh, Aztecs. But... I don't personally believe that, but you'll find those stories. Um, the world is just weird. Um, and most of us don't even see this stuff. We don't think about it. We don't talk about it. Um, we have the Mandela effect, the glitches in the base. How many of you remember Ed McMahon being part of the publisher's clearinghouse sweepstakes? Charlie, pop your... Oh, yeah. You remember that? Oh, yeah. He never was. What? The internet says he was never part of that. He worked for a different place. No way. Yep. And one of the Gen X influencers I watched, the people are being vicious to her, talking about how she's lost her mind. I remember Ed McMahon. It was Publishers Clearinghouse yeah. sweepstakes. Ed McMahon was on the cover of those yellow envelopes that came to your mom and dad all the time. Well, came to you because you were an adult at the time. But they showed up every month or whatever. It was on the TV all the time. Yeah, Ed McMahon was going to come show up. It was Publishers Clearinghouse. Yeah. Well, now you're being told, nope, that wasn't it. Just like Richard Simmons never had a red headband. Yeah, he did. He had a red terry cloth headband. He wore them all the time. I remember that. I remember Richard Simmons because I was horrified to find out it's Corporal Simmons of the United States Marine Corps. Oh, my God. <laughs> but he had a headband. The, the, the Mandela effect. Well. What accounts for all of this? Y'all remember the show I showed you where the that young genius, I think he's 17, he told everybody that when they warned the people in the CERN collider, don't do this experiment, you might cause a black hole or a rift in the universe and you'll destroy our, our universe and scatter us across parallel universes. Maybe that's exactly what happened. Or maybe you live in the matrix and the AI has already taken over. And you live in an artificial world, in which case the AI didn't get everything correct. Yeah, weird stuff, right? R really weird, mind-bending garbage. Except that there are people who believe this now. It, it, they really believe this type of stuff, things along that line. I don't, but there are people who do. It, it, I, it, Ray Kurzweil, you know, this futurist, talks about the singularity when man blends with machines. Incidentally, if that ever happens, you will never find signs of that life in the universe because you're looking for the wrong thing. So if that's something that, you know, if the universe is full, full of life 
and it all follows the same general path of evolution where eventually it blends itself with machines, you'll never find it, ever. Because you're a carbon-based life form looking for a silicon-based life form or a carbonated, you know, some sort of machine-type life. I have no freaking idea what, I mean, the world is just, I don't know. I don't know. I, I know it's Art Bell Day. The world is just weird, man. Um, I know you got all sorts of creatures in the world that we still haven't got any any idea of. We hear about them. We see them. There's one up in Michigan. It's called the Mystery Cat. And this one made the newspapers too. Um, deer up there. If if you've never been up north, <laughs> white-tailed deer down here is a dog compared to the white tails up north. You know, they're big up there. It, it, it's nothing to find a 200 and something, you know, 250 pound buck or, or bigger up, up in Michigan. That that's, that's normal. And that's, that's biology. The higher North and the colder plains and latitudes you live in, the bigger your body gets. So they had this one picture of a, of a hunter. He was out hunting and he heard a commotion off to the side and in a little bit of ruckus or whatever. And about a half hour, 45 minutes later, he decided to get down out of his tree and, you know, he's done hunting for the morning and he's going to head home and he walks over to see what the ruckus was. And he finds this carcass of a deer, fresh kill. The skeleton is left and the skin has been surgically removed, you know, skinned to the deer and then laid back over the carcass, but there's not an ounce of flesh left on it except the head. Something has just totally removed all the meat on this deer. And it happened in about a 45 minute period because it wasn't there when he, came to the you know it wasn't it's assumed it wasn't but the ground's still soaked with blood and everything it, so they called it a mystery cat they're assuming it's a cat i have no idea what did that nobody else does either but the picture was in the local newspaper up there i remember that i was like eight or nine when this happened when we <laughs> we found out about it a couple of weeks after we'd been camping in the exact same area as a family and my dad had had to go to work that day and left my mom and um, one of the other ladies of a family we were camping with. So there's like six or seven of us kids and the two ladies out there in the middle of nowhere camping and mystery cats running around in that area. I remember that that made the newspaper and it, you'll find some interesting things in this world. If you'll start reading local newspapers, I mean, just bizarre, weird stuff, Bigfoot. I'm not going to talk too much about him today, but you do know that the United States military acknowledges his existence, right? Yeah. He's in the survival guides dealing for the United States Air Force and the United States Army. It says that he's an indigenous species to the west and northwest part of the United States of America. A known indigenous species. Yeah, in the United States military's survival hand guidebook. I, 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 I thought the government's position was Bigfoot doesn't exist. So why is he in the military survival guide? It's very serious. It's not a joke or at least the older survival guides it was back in the 70s and 80s, early 80s. So why is it there? But now if you know Bigfoot exists as a known creature, why haven't we acknowledged him? <laughs> yes, Marianne, it is in the military survival. Yes, she asks, really? Yes, it's there. Well, it was there at that time. They, it was in those books as a known acknowledged species and listed as, from what I understand, dangerous. <laughs> To, to be dealt with, you know, with a little bit of caution, <laughs> dealing with something that can rip your limbs off. I, why wouldn't we acknowledge it? I got, I got nothing. You tell me. 
Um, the giant squid. We we finally acknowledge for for centuries, science was like, no, there's no such thing. It's a it's a fisherman's tail. We now acknowledged it. Now, f- from the point they acknowledged it, we've later found bodies, or at least a body of up to twenty foot long squid. But before then, they acknowledged its existence based off of forensic evidence on sperm whales. So, okay, well, there's scars on the sperm whale. Something's attacking them. It must be a giant squid. So they accepted that. But why don't we accept Bigfoot? We have footprints that the, of, of unique individuals that they actually track the migration of several individual Bigfoot, which means that it's either the same stompers, you know, fake footprints being made out in the middle of BFE in the Northwest. And I mean out where you never assume that your fake footprint's going to ever be found by a human being. They're being found and they can identify the individuals. They've got footprints that show physical deformity on a left foot that would have required somebody with a doctorate level understanding of, of how to fake that cast. And that one was found out in the middle of BFE. So we've got forensic footprints. We've got hair samples. We that are listed as unknown primate. We have DNA samples listed as unknown primate North. We've got audio that is matched to no known, you know, primate, no known primate. We've got everything we need. You got photographic evidence. You have the Patterson Gimlin film that has been proven. I don't care what you say. If you're a skeptic, it's been shown that that is not a human being. They've had people, good actors, try to copy the gait in that thing. They've, you know, the little white balls that they put on your feet and your body and everything so that you can do the CGI cam stuff like with the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and all. You've seen the, the actors in their costumes and some of the photographs, I'm sure. Well, they've put people in those type of suits and they've tried to get them to match the gait of that creature in the Patterson. You can't do it. Human beings cannot walk the way that thing's walking in or out of a costume. You can't do it. So we've got the film. We got everything we need, but they, they, they won't acknowledge Bigfoot. Why? Why? What's the, what, what, what's so scary about acknowledging Bigfoot? Why won't, why won't the state of Florida acknowledge that they have Jaguars in this state? They've been here forever and ever. When Ponce de Leon and boys showed up, you know, looking for the gold, they, they acknowledged, they, they wrote about it. They were, they were, it's not black Panthers. They're Jaguars. They come from the, you know, down from the Amazons and everything. They're, they're Jaguars. So why can't we acknowledge that something that's lived here for hundreds of years is still here? What's, what's, what is it with man that we, we don't want to acknowledge the truth of the world in which we live? I, I, I don't understand. Anybody out there got any idea whatsoever? How? What other weird stuff do we have? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. So we faked the moon landings. And one of the proof is, look, the president's talking to them on the moon using a land phone. Ha, ha, ha. Well, yeah, have you ever watched the movie, you know, Emergency? You know, Squad 51, Squad 51, and Randolph Mantooth, you know, Johnny, rather. He goes, hey, look, I got to call Rampart. He opens up the radio and picks out the phone radio, and he calls Rampart, who's on a land. Charlie, put your microphone on real quick. You're a ham operator, right? Hi. Can I call you on a landline and talk to you on your radio? If I have a phone patch, yes. Oh, geez. Do you think they might have had one of those for the president so that they could talk to the astronauts in space? Yeah. In fact, I refused to get a cell phone back when they first came out because I can make phone calls from my vehicle using my ham radio. Wait a minute. Cell phone. Well, you can't talk to somebody on a landline using a cell phone. It's a radio phone. How could you possibly talk to somebody on a landline? 
Well, it's it's this thing called. Uh... <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know I'm being facetious, but this is one of the proofs that we faked the moon landing yeah. is because Nixon talked to the astronauts on a landline with a cord. Have we gotten that? St- Thanks, Charlie. Have we gotten that stupid as a group of people? And then I, I noticed another one. He, he was a special effects artist. He says, you know what the proof is that we didn't fake the moon landings? He said, we didn't have the technology to fake it back then. Yeah. Well, Joe, there are no pictures of the stars in the, yeah, because the camera apertures couldn't have recorded the stars. I mean, look into, look, look into how these cameras actually worked back then. Well, Joe, look, he, he, we've got pictures of his space suit, the actual space suit. It's, it's got the, the soles aren't right. They don't match the ones in the movies of the suit that came back. Uh, there's explanations for that too, folks. First of all, you're assuming that the space suit in the picture is the one that he actually wore when he was in space. You know, the, the, you know how to spell assume, right, guys? Going to going to the moon is easy. It doesn't require any more technology than a Saturn V rocket and a submarine. And at that time, we had the Nautilus submarine. We could put people under the polar ice cap and leave them there for as long as they had food in the submarine. They didn't have to come up. Everything else they needed were right there. You know. They could be under there for months. I needed to make to the moon and back a couple of a week or two, 10 days, 11 days, whatever. But I can, I can totally exist underneath the ocean in an enclosed capsule. How's the ocean any different than, than the moon, you know, going to the moon through space. Why, why would we even want to fake the moon landings? Now, what I want to know is why did we quit going? Supposedly it was because it was too expensive. We didn't need to do it anymore. Cold war didn't require it anymore. Maybe. I don't know who recorded the first person walking on the moon, the still camera on the side of the ship. Also, you're assuming that the second astronaut hadn't already come out to do that, but when he comes and and also have to remember that a lot of that was recreations. They were playing to the camera back then guys. Come on, man. It's Hollywood. They knew what they were doing. Part of what going to the moon was a PR campaign. So if you're going to do a PR campaign, it's just giant propaganda for the government, right? Well, you got to sell it to the people. So I'm going to recreate coming down off of the off of the uh, the lunar lander. You didn't get to watch it live. They might have told you it was live. That doesn't necessarily mean it was live. It, folks, there's all sorts of really simple explanations for all of this stuff. The biggest one is, to this day, you can aim the laser at the reflector that the astronauts left on the moon and hit it just like they did, you know, in the big bang theory. If you didn't go to the moon, how did that get there? Well, I, I guess we left the lunar lander there with the reflector on it. You know, they've been that that's the laser. You know why they left that there, right? They've been measuring the distance to the moon ever since. And that's how we know that the moon is getting farther and farther away every year. <laughs> We've got all the evidence we need that we that that we went to the moon. Just nobody wants to wants to bother with it. You know, even other other countries acknowledge we went to the moon. You, you don't think Russia was watching us with the radar? They knew we they, they could track the the lunar you know the the LEM, and the command module and everything. They knew we were going. If we hadn't gone to the moon, they'd have been screaming we faked it from the big. I mean, from the get go during the Cold War. So. I know the man himself saying in interviews, we never went. That's easy to account for too, because if that were true, you'd have other astronauts corroborating him. Um, 
I, I get it, guys. I get it. We get we get snapped into these things, but I got no problem with, you know, I don't understand why we'd fake it. That that would be a bigger problem with faking going to the moon than actually going. Because it wouldn't be just one astronaut you have to silence. You have to silence everybody. Everybody. Sailor Sun says if man acknowledged the truth, then he wouldn't be he would be able to convince people he could change the world or he wouldn't be able to convince. Yeah, that's true. But I don't know. I mean, it's the same thing with chemtrails. People disagree with me on chemtrails. They they think that the, that's real. Um, I don't. And that's because of my understanding and knowledge of aviation in high altitude atmospherics. Um, you know, I was wanting, before I became a mechanical engineer, I, I started out to be an aeronautical engineer. I'm an aviation nut. Um, and I've shown you pictures of World War II where we turned the sky white with the contrails from the bomber formations. I guarantee you they weren't chemtrailing in World War II. They were, you know why all the bombers in World War II were silver at the end of the war? Because paint cost enough to put one more bomb, you know, in weight. There's enough weight in the paint on that airplane to put another bomb on the plane. So they took the paint off and put another bomb in the airplane. Well, if they're that worried about saving weight, so they could carry bombs. They're not going to be carrying chemicals to try and change the atmosphere. They're busy trying to defeat the Nazis. Um, so yeah. And I also know that the atmospherics vary in different places, which is why you never see high altitude contrails over Japan where the jet stream is very, very strong. You don't see the contrails there over Europe. You see them to the point where they would turn the sky white and it would linger for the rest of the day. You'd have a haze up there after the bomber formation moved through. But in Japan, it gets blown away as fast as it's made. You never see them. Why you don't see those pictures over? It, it's it's all atmospherics. Um, this stuff can be explained. We never try. But then there are things that can't be explained. You know, I'm I'm told there's no such thing as a ghost. Okay, what the heck pushed me down the stairs when I was 11, 12 years old? I, I was. I, there's a my father's parents' house. My father's childhood home new york it's multi-story house and it was a former drug running and prohibition house and there's supposed to have been murders and hidden bill uh, rooms and everything that had been sealed off i mean it, it the house is huge it's got a basement three stories um and then a, a an attic that was this, i mean just absolutely huge open attic and we're talking 12 foot ceilings and old style house i mean old victorian style house uh, porch that goes all the way around it's a huge house it was later turned into a bed and breakfast hotel okay the the family lived on the top floor and the bottom two were turned into a hotel you know or, or rental places or whatever but a huge house i could never stay on the second house on the second floor even from a child they could not get me they, they would put me to sleep downstairs take me upstairs and as soon as they laid me down i'd wake up screaming and this is when i was infant i don't even remember it but i know i can remember going there as a kid I would sleep downstairs in the living room watching TV, Looney Tunes or whatever, until I went to sleep because I couldn't go upstairs with everybody else. I wanted to, couldn't do it. Well, one time I was running upstairs with, following my my cousin and my sister, and I get to the top of the stairs, and I got two hands on one on each shoulder, right back down the stairs. This isn't a game here, man. We're talking about 12-foot ceilings, right? And the stairs ran all the way up, one straight run. So if you get lifted off your feet and thrown backwards down those stairs, you might not survive that. Now I was lucky. I was a kid in that age. I bounced. I rolled all the way down those stairs. What the heck threw me down those stairs? There wasn't nothing there. My sister and cousin had already gone around the corner. I was behind them trying to catch them. 
Because what I would do is run up those stairs and then run up this next flight of stairs as fast as I could. Another time when you got up those stairs to the second floor, there was a window right outside, right? Right in front of those stairs, there was a window. This big, tall window with those counterweights in it. So when you open the heavy window, the weights inside the wall would help hold it open. Luckily, in that window, the the hill on that that the house was built into comes up to just below the window there. I got pushed out that window one time by something that wasn't there. Just boom, right out the window because I was sitting in front of it for some reason. And it pushed me out the window backwards. So don't tell me there's no such thing as ghosts, ghosts or demons or whatever. I've had personal encounters with them. And how many times have you been walking somewhere, woods or somewhere, and um, you just got that eerie, creepy feeling that something's watching you? And you turn around and you look everywhere and there's nobody there. So, you know, a lot of times it happens, there's people watching you. Have you ever gotten that feeling when there was nothing there? So you think that you got that feeling for no reason? Mm, I don't. I, I it, that type of a sense doesn't react to nothing. There was because that's not a that's not one of your five, you know, see it, hear it, feel it, taste it, whatever. That that what that's not one of those senses. That's some other sixth sense that lets you know you're being, you know, that you get creeped out when somebody's staring at you. That sense doesn't respond to material things. So what that what sets it off? There's something there making you go get the heebie jeebies, or like when your skin raises, you know, hair raises on the back of your neck. What causes that? Just so many weird things. That's what Art Bell would latch on to. So, and then the, the Mandela effect is a really weird one. I'm, I really want to understand what's going on with that. Because there are things there people are telling me never happened that I remember. I was there. It's not something wrong with my memory. Because I'm not the only one that remembers it. And when you have a group of people who are not in communication with each other, all telling you they remember the same memory. Why is that important? Because if they're not in communication with each other, you don't have mass hysteria and you don't have any type of mass affirmation effect. So what you have is a real effect here. You know, you, you have a real phenomenon. They all have the same memory for a reason. <laughs> so what's causing all this? I don't know. We're going to go to the break. We're going to give you six minutes. We'll have the break. When we come back, I got more conspiracy weirdness for you. I got a guy with a bad haircut, really, really white boy trying to grow a fro that we got to deal with. He's on the History Channel all the time. And I got to, I got, we got to tackle him and some of his weirdness and uh, some other goodies. So we'll get into it. And all we, uh, don't, let's not forget aliens and UFOs and fallen angels and all that good stuff. So we'll get that when we come back. Like I said, full art bell today, man. And then if there's anything you guys got, throw it on the board. Charlie will pop it in here. See you in six.
All right, folks, uh, real quick. Um, when I share pictures like these things with y'all, the, the ones that um, I share with you are usually because they catch my attention. And it, it might not mean anything to you, and that is fine. That's okay. It doesn't bother me one way or the other. But I'm not an amateur when it comes to photographic interpretation and examinations. If, if you know what I do for a living, what I've done for 20 years, um, I'm rather well known in my industry for catching things in photographs that people have known about for decades and they didn't see. I've, I've, I've been called out for, oh my gosh, we never saw that before. And once I show it to them, they, they know what it is. You know, I do a lot of photographic work from World War II, a lot of it. And I had experience with photographic interpretation before I started my business. I'm not new to this. And because I see patterns the way I do, <clears throat> excuse me, because I see patterns the way I do, certain things jump off at me out, out of out of a pictures that have been faked. And I catch them quick, usually. So that's why I tell you certain pictures, I, I'll buy it. Doesn't mean it's real. Could be Photoshop. If it is, when I say next level, we're talking above Hollywood. So when I tell you if it's Photoshopped at a high level, we're talking above Hollywood level. I mean, good. Um, it, Hollywood could do it, but they, it wouldn't be cost effective for the movies. So that's what I'm talking about. And, and it, if you think I'm just full of hot air, that's fine. It doesn't bother me at all. But I, I have proven this to people over and over and over again in my life. I'm good with photographs because I, I, I've learned what I need to look for. And I've been trained on certain things. Um, shadows is one of the biggest things that shadows are really, really hard to fake properly fake. Well, um, one of the, if you've ever gotten into the uh, JFK assassination, um, conspiracy theories, there's a picture of Lee Harvey Oswald that they'll show you is it's a fake and it's before Photoshop. So they had to do montages with different uh, pictures, but it's a fake and you know how they caught it. Shadows didn't line up properly. So, yeah, there are ways of looking at pictures and knowing whether or not there's something wrong with it or whether or not you be it's believable. I tend to only show share you the ones that, if they're fake, they're high-level fakes. And you've heard me, if you've watched my conspiracy shows, you've heard me tell you before, if this is a fake, this is high-level, man. I don't bring you anything that's just totally off the wall stupid because and there's no value in that for anybody. So... Back to our conspiracy theories. Will artificial intelligence take over the world? Well, like I said, there are people who argue it already has. And how would you know? Seriously, man, how would you know? Say, so, well, Joe, it's, it, how, how would it do that? Well, it's easy, man. If you got artificial intelligence running everything you see on your TV and your camera and your computer, you live in a virtual world. You just don't even realize it. And that would be really, that would, that would explain the Mandela effect just perfectly because AI doesn't get everything quite right. Sometimes colors are wrong and sometimes certain shapes are just not quite right. Well, that would be AI, you know, and say, well, hey, man, you messed up uh, Ed McMahon and the publisher's clearinghouse. So AI runs around telling you that never happened, that never happened, that never happened because I got to keep you asleep in the matrix. Can't let you be red-pilled. And I can make the argument, you can twist your head around this, but there are people who think that would happen. Or that it hasn't happened yet, but if you turn AI loose, it will. And it might take over either through deception or just like this picture, just straight up 
You do know that we got robots building robots now, right? Yeah, that that's already started. And um, I think Chipotle, they just said it. they're 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 experimenting experimenting with robots making your making your your burritos from now on. It, you're gonna have robots take over everything, you know, because we're only gonna have 500 million people in the world when they're done. So you're gonna have to have machines to take care of the elite. Y'all seen that? That's creepy, isn't it? That that's an artifact. That's a robot. That face moves and talks and whatever else. Um, this is look at the year in the background. This is 2017. They have a new one out now. I didn't get her picture. She's a blonde girl. Oh, we have got to talk about this one. There is a, it's the first synthetic artificial robot. The only reason you're going to know it's a robot is she's got a little white disc of light that blinks on her right temple to let you know that it's a machine. If she doesn't, the only reason you're going to have a hint that something's not right is her speech is too perfect. But her mannerisms still just a little jerky. But this machine looks like a blonde, a young blonde lady and talks like a real person. And it passed the test for sentience. It was able to talk to humans without them seeing it. It was like on a phone or whatever, and it passed the test. You're going to be dealing with AI here soon that you may not know whether or not you're dealing with a human or not. Give them another 20, 30, 40 years. Um, yeah, they live. <laughs> yeah, I know. But that's more about, they live was more like lizard people. Um, but this, and this is Japan pushing this. And I got no doubt that part of this is, um, what was that movie with, um, oh, I'm having a brain block now. I can't remember his name. (sighs) He played in Lethal Weapon. Come on. What's his name? Not Lethal Weapon. Um, Die Hard. Die Hard. Who's, who's the actor from Die Hard, folks? Uh, come on, somebody's got to help me with this. Why am I having this brain block? I'm supposed to be a smart boy. Anyhow, it's a movie where they, they they live in avatars. You sit in a seat all day long, and you live in a virtual world using your, your avatar uh, to actually get out. Yeah, Bruce Willis. Thank you, Beverly. Bruce Willis. So he's, he's the star of the movie, and he decides he's not going to be living through his artificial body anymore. That's, that's what these robots are probably in connection with, is saying, thanks, Sailor Sun. Um, you've got people like Ray Kurzweil who want to blend themselves with their machines. This is all, this is the latent drive to recreate man to prove you're God. That, that, that's how I explain this. Otherwise, there's no sense in any of this. Why would you... It's your, it's the innate human instinct to recreate ourselves, only to perfect ourselves in the process. This is the, this, this robot here is the same drive as the eugenicists. Very little has changed. Oh, we've got AI going to take over the world, but let's not forget the guy with the bad haircut. Ancient aliens. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. So proof of ancient aliens. We couldn't build the pyramids today. No, you couldn't. That's because you don't work in rock anymore. You'd rather just pour cement slabs in place. 
in which case, if you could design cement that wouldn't crumble, kind of like the ancients did, you know, like the Roman cement, um, you'd be able to build a pyramid where the stones were perfectly aligned with each other because you'd build one stone and then you'd build another poured into it and et cetera, et cetera. And somebody would come along in 5,000 years and that were not used to working in cement anymore and go, we couldn't possibly do this. Well, you're dealing with human beings that were doing nothing but working in cement. I mean, working in stone at the time. So they probably figured out how to make those things fit that close. Like maybe what it was is, you know, when, when they cut one stone and they had quarried out, well, the next stone, they just used the side they'd already cut. So it was going to perfectly butt up to the one you already put in place, et cetera, et cetera. Cause it was already a perfect fit. It, it, that's why you can't get a piece of paper between there. Say, so, well, how'd they move those heavy stones, Joe? Did you ever watch that guy who showed you how one man can move a 15-ton rock up in your England? He did it with a couple of pulleys and a piece of rope. And he moves it quite a distance and then even stands it up by himself, one man with 15 tons. So I don't need 20,000 slaves to move one of these 15-ton rocks. It, one man just moved a 15-ton rock. How'd he do that? Physics. He understood physics. Well, the ancients were stupid compared to us, Joe. How could they have gotten the physics? Well, their astronomers were pretty darn good. They designed the pyramids to align perfectly with Orion. Well, if they understand the astronomy, that's physics. It, uh, they built a glider that actually worked. It, they were good in metallurgy, too, because there's... Uh, alloys of oh no that's more that proof found. of aliens man and iron that doesn't rust that's just more yeah. proof of aliens yeah because there was copper alloys found that are stronger than steel and we yep. don't know how they did it well you know aliens right yeah yeah aliens could have yeah. been the watchers azazel might have taught them how to do it uh we don't have any historic record of any no, dude named no, azazel anywhere in the that, world that's so. just myth and fairy tale and the anukai yeah th those are aliens or they could be watchers. Depends on how you want to look at this, man. That, that's all. Remember the show from perspective? If you're going to look at this as a secular humanist, yeah, you, you, you got to go aliens because you don't have any other answer. Well, what if, what if the asteroid that killed the dinosaurs was a UFO and we're the aliens? <laughs> don't laugh this one off. There's scientific community out there that you know, says that basically we're the xenomorphs from the movie Alien said, yep, you've got this advanced culture out there that has designed this biological weapon and they seed planets with this biological weapon. This biological weapon grows and it kills off all the dangerous animals on that planet. And then when it's pretty much pacified the planet, then the alien race comes in and wipes out the biological weapon. The biological weapon is known as man. Well, the aliens are playing the long game, right? So we've just about wiped out everything dangerous on this planet. We're starting to get to the point where we're ruining it, but we've got so stupid we're in danger of extincting ourselves. You know, because maybe that's just the way we're programmed as the biological weapon. We get to a point where we get this something in us goes tick-tock, and then we have to wipe ourselves out. We get down to 500 million because we've wiped ourselves out, and the aliens come in and kill off the 500 million. Now they got themselves a planet. Yeah, there, there's people who actually put that forward as a serious idea. That's where this meme here comes from. So we're the aliens. It's actually kind of logical. It, it is, except that those aliens are playing a 10,000-year game. That doesn't make sense. But then there's this.
And, and we couldn't possibly have the takeover of the watchers because, you know, that's Bible and supernatural garbage. We can have interdimensional aliens, but we can't have interdimensional aliens. What? Yeah, you'll have interdimensional grays and greens and lizard people. You're happy with that. But the minute I tell you they're actually angels, oh, no, no, you can't have any of that. I can have the interdimensional creatures I invent, but not the ones that might actually exist. Otherwise, there's no difference. Because the interdimensional aliens, some of them do look like lizard men. They're called fallen seraphim. So Yahweh's an alien? Well, if you want to look at it from that perspective, he's interdimensional. He comes from the spirit world. He's the alien to this world and the fact that he's not of it because he's above it. So, I mean, it's all, you know, and I'm not the only one that thinks this way. That's what this here is, the gypsy railhead. He's talking about the Watchers. And uh, the Watchers are the fallen angels. But look what he's got in the picture there. UFOs. So whoever put that together is thinking, you know, the, the return of the Nephilim, the giants, and the fallen fallen angels, the watchers, and the UFOs are all connected. Well, that's what these two books are about. The Facade and the Portent by Dr. Michael Heiser. Only this is faction. If you've never read Michael Crichton's books, you won't understand. But Michael Crichton had a nasty little habit of writing fiction that wasn't all that much fiction. And that's because what he'd do is he'd, you know, truth is stranger than fiction. He'd find a piece of truth and he'd write a fictional story about it. And when you put it all together, it's like, oh boy, that's scary. You, that's where Jurassic Park comes from. You know, we've got viable dinosaur DNA, only we shouldn't be able to. And how is it that we've got viable dinosaur? Well, we found dinosaur flesh. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've dug that up from the bottom of some of the oceans up there in the up in um, I think the Baltic. You know, like thousands of feet down where it's really, really cold, and the crabs for whatever reason didn't eat it. But we've got like a like a claw and a toe from a dinosaur that's actually got flesh still on it. You can like you just chopped it off. How's that happen? I thought it was millions of years old. Yeah, there there you go. So how does viable DNA come from these things that are supposed to be older than DNA can survive in any other way, shape, or form? Well, there's more evidence for a young earth, right? Whatever. I, I, I don't know. I don't care. But that's what Michael Crichton was writing about. That Actually, to be honest with you, um, Jurassic Park is about chaos theory. The main character of that book is actually Malcolm. But Hollywood didn't like that. The book is excellent. Um, but he does another one called Prey, and it's about nanobot technology. Well, nanobot technology shows up again in these two books. If you know what they are capable of doing with nanobots, it would scare the bejeebers out of you. And I mean you wouldn't sleep at night because it's in the hands of people who will use it to do exactly what they can do. But if you want a good read that will challenge the Bats not out of you. These two books right here, read them. They're fully footnoted and documented. They'll explain UFOs. They'll tell you what they are. They'll they'll t explain to you biblical prophecy. They'll explain the UFO alien things, the, the lizards, the grays, in a way that makes perfect sense. He, for whatever reason, Dr. Heiser didn't finish the third book. I have a feeling 
that either he discovered where he was going with it was wrong and he didn't want to tell anybody he was wrong, which from what I know of the man, he had no problem admitting he was wrong. He, he would have probably come out and told us, now nah, I'm not going to finish it because the idea I was tracking is wrong. But I know this, when you, if you asked anybody about that third book, him before he died or any of the people in his organization, they quiet that question fast. I have a sneaky suspicion, the conspiratorial side of me, that somebody got a hold of him and shut him up. Told him, you don't want to publish that third book. It won't be good for your continued breathing. And that's because if you read these two, I can see where he's ahead. And it makes way too much sense with the information that's available to me. It, 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 <laughs> all I can tell you folks is you got to read the books. Um, there's just no other way around that. Um, I'm not going to tell you the plots too much more than what I already have, but let's talk about that nanotechnology. There's a cure for cancer. It uses nanobots. It was designed in the mid 1990s by an Israeli organization and it promptly disappeared. Everybody's cure for cancer disappears. They make too much money off of it. They want you to keep getting cancer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I know. I know. More conspiracy, Joe. Yeah. Well, this cure was in the human trials phase. It had already passed everything else brilliantly. It was announced on the news. It was on the news. It, it, was, it was on national news, Fox News and the radio news network, whatever, whatever. I, I heard about it the first time when I was listening to the show, that whatever show it was in Tallahassee that came on right before um, Rush Limbaugh. It must have been G. Gordon Liddy at that time. But um, what it is is they inject gold dust real microscopic gold dust into your body. And what happens is the fastest growing cells in your body will collect that gold dust. And then they inject you a day or two later with nanobots. And the nanobots are self-terminating. What they'll do is they'll run around and they eat up the gold. Well, what they get in the process is every cancer cell and just the cancer cell. And then after two or three days, the nanobots are dead and your kidneys filter them and they flush out of your body and they're gone and you're good and you're cancer free. Not just the tumor, every cancer cell in your body that your immune system normally kills off. You are cancer free. And it was cheap and it was 100% effective and it had to go away. The same thing with, they have designed many different carburetors that get really good gas mileage over the years. There was one designed in the 80s and the guy tested it. It was getting like 80 miles to the gallon. And that made the news. That was everywhere. It made the news. And his car looked like a, some sort of rally sport race car. I mean, it was a cool looking car. It was white and blue, low to the ground. I mean, it, it looked like something from rally sport racing. It was cool. Got like 80 miles to the gallon. And ugh, the oil companies bought up the patent and it disappeared. There's a conspiracy theory that Tesla... They challenged him to make a horseless carriage. So he went into the radio shack of his day and age, you know, Sears or whatever, came out with a whole bunch of parts, went into his garage, came out with a car. It was an electric car. And he had a little rod. That was the accelerator gas pedal. The rod push it in the car, went faster, pull it out. The car went slower and he never seemed to charge it. It just rode forever. Just, you know, had a steering wheel, whatever, and put the rod in and out. And it just worked forever for, on nothing. Well, it's Tesla, right? He's probably snagging the air, the electricity out of the air. Nobody knows what happened to the car. 
But then again, nobody knows what happened to most of Tesla's stuff because the first person that went and visited his warehouse and his, you know, his inventory factory or whatever, his laboratory, was the government. And all that stuff just poofed, disappeared. I wonder why. You know, he told us he could give everybody free electricity. You can't have that. If everybody has free electricity, I can't keep them dependent on me. I can't make money off of that. Um, it, it, there's cold fusion. I don't know if it's possible or not. I know this. If it is possible, they don't want you to have it. Because cold fusion solves the energy problem in the world. It, they don't want you to have a solved energy problem in this world. You have people who want to control the world. That's human nature. So, you know, people come up with conspiracy theories to explain all this stuff. There are conspiracies, man. They tell you that they're conspiring against you. They tell you what they're going to do, how they're going to do it, and why they're going to do it. This idea that we're only supposed to have 500 million people living on this planet, that's an old idea, man. That didn't start with the Georgia Guidestones. That goes back for a long time. It, none of the, I was sitting with a group of friends yesterday, the afternoon after the show, and they're telling me about the conspiracy theories in this world with the government and everything. I'm sitting there going, you don't, you don't, you don't listen to the show, do you? <laughs> and they don't. And I'm like, okay. And I'm letting them tell me everything they know. And at one point I looked at them and I said, you want me to show you where to get the documentation that proves where that started from? And they looked at me and said, you ain't telling me nothing I don't already know. <laughs> I've got another friend of mine. I've known him for about 20 years now, a little less than that, but when I first met him, he thought, he told me, you're crazy, man. His conspiracy stuff is nuts. He'll tell you now. He he no longer laughs at me. He's done the homework. He's followed behind me. He's like, okay, I'm, I'm not going to laugh at Joe anymore. Um, it, it, like you jump back to the nanobot technology. So the doctors came out and they were telling you, researchers were saying, hey, the jab has got a nanobot in it. It, it you're the graphene in it is assembling nanobots in the blood and they had photographs of these things assembling themselves separately self-replicating nanobots biological nanobots they're using cells instead of metal and they're putting themselves together with the graphene and everybody's like oh that's garbage i was like yep i believe it why joe believe it well joe's just a conspiracy theorist or Joe knows a whole heck of a lot more about nanobot technology than the average American does. And if you know a whole heck of a lot more about nanobot technology, you go, yeah, well, that makes sense. I ex exactly what I expect. So why would they want to grow nanobots in your body? Well, if all this is, is a lipid nanobot that forms itself and then latches onto another lipid nanobot, and then another one forms and latches on and another one forms and latches on, basically you end up with a fat clot that looks like your vascular system. It's not like the coroners are pulling those things out of all these dead bodies. I mean, we got no proof. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah, they are. It, oh, it's exactly what the people who showed us the nanobots assembling themselves said that was happening. So if somebody tells you what's happening, shows you the evidence, and then you see it in the coroner's office, and you still don't want to believe it. Okay. What level of dumb and dumber is that? And we've got ourselves programmed that you can't, it is easier to convince people of another lie than it is to convince them that they've been lied to. How many of you have seen the meme that says that the illiterate of this generation of this century are going to be the people who can't unlearn the lies that they've been fed? Well, 
99% of this population is going to be illiterate until they die because they don't want to unlearn it. One of the worst places for it is in religion. I can't get believers to unlearn things that are just not in their Bible. They want to latch onto it. I'm like, it's not in your Bible. Yes, it is. Find it. I'm not going to, I know it's in there. Uh Uh-huh. Okay. Knock yourself out, Jack. Good luck with that. Might not work out the way you think it is. Joe, you're just judgmental. (laughs) No, (laughs) I've read the rule book a couple of times, studied it. Know what's in it, know what's not. I know there's still areas I'm missing, but, you know, I study the world the same way. I know of the existence of things like, what you know, there's no such thing as flying triangles until, of course, we found out that it's called half blue. But, yeah, that's the precursor to the F-117 stealth fighter. And from certain angles, it looks exactly like a flying triangle. And we were seeing these things out in the western sky. Well, why would I correlate flying triangles with the Western sky? Oh, I don't know. A little place called Skunk Works. What's Skunk Works? That's where Half Blue was designed. That's where they were testing the flying triangles. Gee, you think that might all line up? No, Joe, it's UFOs. Oh, that's easier. That's more interesting, right? (sighs) By the way, UFOs, man-made, man-invented. Nazis did it in World War II in connection with the occult. Have fun with that. That might be why you don't want to know what's really going on either. Or at least that might be why the aliens behind everything don't want you to know what's going on. The the jabs, they're not going to change your DNA with jabs. No, they wouldn't do that. Except that that's exactly what they've been trying to do since the eugenics movement started. That's exactly what they were doing in the X-Files or, you know, with the vaccine. The X-Files was telling you that story in the 90s. You think all of this is just nothing? Oh, it's life imitating art, Joe. Or it's whatever demonic being is behind that life boasting to you before they accomplish it in the real world. I learned in high school what RNA is used for. What's it used for? To build DNA. Well, you can't have RNA. It doesn't exist outside the cell. Well, I don't know about that. They put an M in front of it and it does. Yeah, but only for a (laughs) short period of time and it has to live within a body. How many of you have ever um, done a lot of research into the most advanced scientists in the world? The, The guys who were working on quantum physics and microbiology, microbiology, guys and gals. Have, have any of you followed behind their names and who their personalities and what they've been telling us? They've been screaming at the world that what science has discovered puts you right smack back into the theological world. You need your priests and your philosophers back here because science isn't going to fix this. They've been telling us this. Science doesn't explain this. Science can't explain this. We're back into the area of faith in metaphysics. And nobody wants to talk about that. I wonder why. Nothing that might point you to a religion can be allowed in this world anymore. It's almost like it's by design. And that's because if you're religious, well, then you're a kookville. Well, no, not really. You can be any religion you want, except Judeo-Christian. You notice nobody's telling you you can't be a Muslim. Nobody's telling you you can't be Hindu. They're not even telling you that Muslims and Hindus are crazy for believing what they believe. Because those are pagan. And it's okay to believe in pagan gods. Why? 
why would it be okay for you to believe in a pagan God, but not in the God of the Bible? No, I'm serious. Why? Because Occam. Maybe, let's pull out Occam. Because what? maybe they're in charge. Ah, oh, there we go. There's your simplest explanation. Once you equalize both sides of the equation, that is the easiest answer. Tomorrow, we're going to be talking about politics. But before we get there, let me give you a political conspiracy theory. And I want to ask you what the easiest explanation for this is. Donald Trump. He did say on the Oprah Winfrey show, if he ever ran for president, he'd run as a Republican because Republicans are stupid and easier to fool. Donald Trump basically said that, you know, he's, he doesn't need forgiveness. He doesn't need a Messiah. He doesn't need to be a Christian. He's done nothing he needs to apologize for. He's never done anything wrong. Donald Trump has an ego the size of, I mean, the galaxy. He is a narcissist extraordinaire. And if you ever accused him of doing something that he was actually innocent of, that man would pitch a world-class hissy fit. We know he did not do these things he's being tried for. Why isn't he pitching world-class hissy fits? Somebody pull Occam out and give me an answer. Why? What he's doing right now goes against his entire known history of his, of his nature and his character the way his personality, the way he's always worked in the past. Why? He's a good actor. Oh, there you go. Is he an actor? Oh, yes, he is. You know, you're fired. That was all acting. Yeah. He's a good actor. That's what, that's one of the things he's best at is acting. So let me ask you a question. What's he acting about right now? Carol Quigley mean anything to anybody? <laughs> We're going to have fun tomorrow. We're going to be talking about Trump. We're going to be talking about the Republicans. We're going to talk about what's going on in Congress right now. Gosh. We're going to talk about Jay all of this mess. You've been distracted. Oh, my gosh, have you been distracted? Yeah. What are you missing? Yeah. So all these conspiracy theories work the same way. If you are busy tracking down the, we didn't land on the moon and the earth is flat and you're arguing over that, what might you miss? And why would they do that? Well, one thing that is useful with conspiracy theorists is they're willing to look at some things that other people will not. They don't dismiss the crazy crap. And a lot of times that's where the truth hides is right out in the open, hides in the pile of crazy. If you're Tom Clancy did this one time, it, roughly, he had a special ops offer, operative in one of his books who needed to hide in plain sight. So what did he do? He dressed up as a homeless person and made himself stink and dirty. And I mean, he, he got into the character. Another way to do this. If you want to hide in plain sight, jump yourself into an insane asylum. You can do and say whatever you want there. Nobody's going to think anything about it. But if you're sane, you can pull that off. Crazy can't pull off normal in a normal environment, but normal can pull off crazy in a crazy environment. So if I want to hide something that's just absolutely bizarre, where's the best place to hide it? In a pile of conspiracy theorists. But conspiracy theorists have a habit of catching these things. They see patterns and they see things that other people don't. And they start connecting and they pull on strings and they're willing to, by their nature, they'll hunt on this stuff. 
It's just that they're not all very well trained in logic and reason, so they're not the best conspiracy theorists. The thing here now is, though, if you've got good ones, they're conspiracy hunters, but they're not theorists. They they put truth to it. How do you how do you distract those people? If you're hiding in their midst, you got to do something that distracts them, or they will find you. And as soon as they find you and start screaming about you being, you know, a bad guy in their in their midst, everybody else will focus on you because that's the nature of a conspiracy theorist. And now you can't hide there anymore. You get exposed. Have you ever looked at the definition of conspiracy theorist? Most of the better definitions will tell you unwarranted conclusions or conclusions and assumptions without proof. When was the last time I brought you a conspiracy that I believed in that I didn't bring you a really good reason to believe? And when was the last time I debunked a conspiracy like the 9-11 was brought down by that I didn't show you why I didn't believe it? There's reasons for what I believe. I don't fit the definitions of a conspiracy theorist. Everyone you look up, I don't fit their definition. So if I don't match the form and function, am I one of them? They'll call me a conspiracy theorist, but am I? I don't fit the definition. I don't fit the form and function. And a lot of us are like this. I'm not the only one that's good at tracking this stuff down. Art Bell actually was. Now, he made a living out of it. He did a lot of entertainment with this. But if you ever go back and listen to any of his shows, he actually would put some tough questions to his guests. And he would explore what they were teaching him. And he didn't buy everything they tried to sell him. He didn't. I, I think the man was more skeptic than people gave him credit for. He was just willing to ask questions. And in the process, he found a, a lot of weird stuff in this world, man. You don't have to make things up. The world's crazy enough. It, it's weird enough. Um, looking for pictures for today's show. Go look for um, pictures of unexplained creatures. They're Ben Hall, and most of them come from the sea. And that's to be expected. The sea is relatively unexplored. But there are some weird-looking creatures out there. Like right now, there's a a theory running that the megalodon is loose again, a real one. I don't buy this mess, but there's supposedly, you know, Google picks, uh, Google earth pick of a megalodon off the coast of Japan. That's, you know, 75 feet long and it proves the megalodons alive again. And you've got, you got people running around saying the military accidentally woke one up or something or other. There's another guy on the internet, de you know, debunking this stuff. And I, I agree with him, but he's one guy and everybody else is, putting it forward what you got natasha isn't there a sequel to the meg coming out soon yeah, it came out or it already has it sucks it sucks it flopped it's horrible i'm just just real quick it, i mean they're talking about megalodons possibly being real and then you have hollywood with this movie the first one came out a few years ago or so and then there's a sequel it's like huh yep there's something there but anyway. not necessarily. I mean, See, not, now this is sorry. Yeah, I meant this, like, this, this, go ahead. I mean, like, do you think maybe it's possible that they're trying to rile like Hollywood and the government? It's like, hey, go see these movies and hey, focus on this. Like, does that make any sense? Yeah, because it increases confusion. 
Yes. That works. Right. Now, if you're doing a PSYOP, if you're doing a military PSYOP and you want to fool the people, when you get a group of folks inside of your cabal of crazy conspiracy theorists that are starting to get too close to the truth, what you have to do is you got to throw a lot of chum in the water, a lot of garbage that fits the patterns they're used to looking for and hunting that helps them find truth. You know, like Hollywood boasting before it, you got to find a lot of that chum, you toss it in the water and now they're back to chasing after rabbits that are never going to go anywhere. You know, they're chasing squirrels in this case, and it makes them look crazy again. Yep. That's part of a psyop. So when somebody on the outside who has never studied psyops looks at this, they think everybody's crazy. They think they don't see the patterns. They don't see the operation. Oh boy. You just, all right. Thanks, Natasha. Oh, all right, sorry, let's go back I... to the, no, 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 you you did a good thing. All right, let me, let me, let me have this one. The cosmic conspiracy theory, PSYOP. Satan is a master PSYOP operative. What happens in the world is you have the spiritual truth. You have the biblical truth. In my opinion, from my perspective, the Bible's truth. But you have to, you got to get to the worldview that's underneath the Bible. So that's the Unseen Realm book. Dr. Michael Heiser, you got to look at the spiritual world being real. And there's probably a lot more to the first Enochian material, the fallen watchers and angels and everything than people want to believe. The Bible affirms a good deal of this, but backhandedly. So what you have that this is the truth of the fallen watchers, and it shows up in mythology, ancient Roman and Greek mythology, what we call the Titans and the demigods, half man, half God. Those are Nephilim. Those are giants. Those are half fallen angels, half human human beings. So they're hybrids. Well, this is in mythology. Well, have you ever looked up the definition of mythology? It's a morphing of the truth. It, it has its roots in some sort of truth somewhere at some point in time. So what happens is the master psyop operative, Satan comes along, takes hold of the truth and starts twisting it over and over and over again. And not just the same twist, if you're doing a psychological operation here where you want to confuse people to the point that they no longer know what is and isn't true and they just give up and they say, screw it, I don't even believe my own self anymore, which is something a very wise man told me just this week on a phone conversation. I know he knows better, but he's got to the point where he even doubts himself now. That's ultimate success for our, our cosmic psyop operative. Well, if you want to do that, you don't just keep twisting the truth and twist it in the same string over and over again. What you do is you start pulling more and more strings out of the truth and you twist them and you get them running in every different direction. So that when you look at this bowl of spaghetti, only one piece of that spaghetti is the truth. And it's all in a big knot. So the average person looks at it and says, oh, screw it. I can never find out any of that. That's not true. You can unravel that thing. It just takes a crap ton load of work and nobody wants to put the work in, but it can be unraveled. Part of the mission of this show is to help you unravel that bowl of spaghetti. But you have to remember in a psyop, every piece of spaghetti except one is a lie. Only one piece of spaghetti is real. So if you start, if I get down to where I've only got 12 pieces of spaghetti left and I've almost got the real one left, what does the psyop operative do? He dumps a whole bunch more spaghetti in the bowl. This is what's happening to us right now. Uh, Charlie, you seeing what's going on right there? We might have somebody we need to say goodbye to. Um, so what? this is what's going on in the world. Is the master psyop, Satan, the spiritual guy who's trying to confuse everybody, he's throwing more and more and more spaghetti into the bowl. 
and he's trying to confuse you to the point where you won't even trust anything that you think you know. There's, there's no solid, solid foundation left in the world. When that happens, you're going to have utter chaos in the world. And when you have chaos, then like Marx said, now everything's ripe for you to stroll through the ruins of the world, the ruins you created, a creator. You get to re-put it right, right back in order, proving you're a god in the process, which is what Satan's always wanted to do. He, he wants to take Yahweh's place. But before he can do that, he has to destroy the, destroy the order Yahweh made. This is this is a giant psyop, so that you won't see the truth through all the chaff. If you don't want to look at it that way, that's fine. Um, but I don't. You're never going to find the truth then. Be like Ayn Rand; she had a hold of the part of the truth, and somewhere along the way, she got a hold of another piece of spaghetti and started tracking it. She got off of the real one. She got off on another one that might have been right next to it. You know, you got two pieces that stick together sometimes in the spaghetti bowl. Well, she was tracking one in parallel, but it wasn't the truth one. There's only one strand of that long spaghetti in the whole bowl. That's the truth. Everything else is the work of the, of the PSYOP operative. That's how this stuff works, man. And, and that's how it works in the real world. If you have the truth, you have to hide it in a pile of lies. That's how psychological operations work. And if you understand how these people think and how they operate, you start seeing even patterns within their own operations. But if you're not, remember we did this show one time where science has proven that there are a group of people in the world that see patterns. They're, they're rare, and they see pa patterns that the rest of us don't see. And what was the explanation? Well, that's, the patterns aren't really there. They see them, but they're, they're just mentally deficient. The patterns aren't really there. Well, the paper was put out by people who don't see the patterns of their own admission. So how do you know they're not there? You admit these people see them, you don't, but then you say those people are the ones that are crazy. Well, there are folks in the world that know about the tetragrammatons. I mean, not tetra, tetrachromatons, not tetragrammaton. Tetragrammaton is the name of Yahweh, tetrachromaton. You have more rods in your eyes. You see more colors than most people. This we do know about. There are tetrachromatons, you know, chrome coloratons, who have seen all 3940 colors that, that are the human eye can see. So they know that there are those type of people that exist in the world. So they know that there's others who don't see all those colors. You, you ever see these things on Facebook where, you know, can you see the numbers in this picture and it's a whole bunch of little different colored dots and you got to see the numbers? I see every one of those numbers all the time. I am a tetrachromaton. I see 40 colors. And that's all I've ever been asked to see. I bet you I probably see more. But that's all that we can graph in our world. It's nothing fancy. It's just the way my physical body was made. It's just a quirk of genetics. It's no big deal. But I'm one of the ones who see the colors. Well, what I've had to learn is where some people will tell me, well, no, it's this color. And I'm like, no, it's not. It's They can't see it. And what they'll, t because their eyes tell them I'm wrong, I'm wrong. The problem is, I know that they're wrong from my perspective. So what I've had to do is learn not to argue with those folks because it's not possible to help them see this. Well, if you're a pattern aton, you see patterns, but you're the scientist who doesn't see the patterns. You've recognized, hey, I've found a group of people who see patterns, but they're seeing garbage. They're crazy. That's your explanation. It'd be like the person telling me, Joe, you're not seeing those colors. 
In my case, however, there are scientists who say, yeah, Joe's, Joe's seen it. He just proved it to me. I gave him the graph. He picked out each one. But that's a scientist who can see the colors as well. So in order for science to go back behind this thing, they need the people who see the patterns to go do this work and try to duplicate it. They need people who see patterns. The problem is most of us who see those patterns don't want to do the work. That's like trying, you know, hey, Joe, I need you to go prove that water's wet and fire's hot. Why? I already know that. Who, give me something interesting. But because you see these patterns, you're going to notice the, the lie spaghetti from the truth spaghetti. It's easier for you to sort it, but it's hard for you to explain the people who don't see the patterns that the spaghetti pieces they're holding on to are lies. They can't see that. It, 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 this is one of these things that on the surface would be fallacious, except that there's a, there's a, there is a protection or a fallback. There's a get out of jail free card with every fallacy. Fallacies are fallacies, except when they're not. What? Yeah, 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 yeah. The slippery slope is a fallacy, except when it isn't. Oh, an appeal to authority is a fallacy, except when it isn't. Perfect case. Uh, uh, appealing to Mussolini to define fascism as an appeal to authority. No, it isn't. Not in this case, because Mussolini coined the term. He's the highest authority possible. He's the one who defined it. He's the establishing authority. You can only go to him. You can't go to anybody higher to define fascism. So then it's not a fallacy. When there is no higher authority in that area, it's not a fallacy. When it's absolute truth and it can be proven true, it's not a fallacy to appeal to it. So when I tell you that I can see something you can't, and you go, no, Joe, you're just nuts. You can't see it. That doesn't mean I'm not seeing it. So the wise person's not going to just dismiss me. The problem is scientists are not all that wise. Smart, maybe, but not wise. Wisdom and intelligence are two different things. And what will happen is I end up looking like a crazy person. Now, you put me in a room with somebody else who sees patterns the way I do, especially if we see them in similar type. We may not agree, but if we, we track very similar veins, we'll tend to say, yeah, I see it. I might differ, disagree on the interpretation, but we'll both see it. We won't call each other crazy because we'll both see it. And certain things over time, not everything, certain things I can show you. Like, there's no conspiracy to create a deep state, Joe. Stick with me. It, Charlie, did I, did I prove that case going back to Woodrow freaking Wilson? Uh, <laughs> have I proved that we built the deep state he theorized? Oh, absolutely. Okay, hands down, you, I can take this one to a court of law. And I'll prove it. And show you it's there. I can even name names in it. And I'll show you the man who said what he was going to do. And we've done it exactly the way he said he was going to do it. We follow the blueprint. So I've shown you the duck. We still got people in the world who tell me I'm crazy. They don't see it. Now, in their case, it's because they won't do the homework. Well, if you won't do the homework and you tell me I'm crazy, I'm going to have very little patience with you. I'm going to have no tolerance for that. Why? Because you're the one who is not only wrong, you're willfully ignorant. That's a choice. And that's a choice that you've made and that's causing you to attack me. And I will defend myself from an ignorant, I don't mean stupid. I mean, somebody who does not know the facts at hand. But when you don't know the facts at hand because you've chosen not to go learn them, your opinion is not equal to mine.
that's a fact, Jack. It'd be just like if I don't want to go learn the facts at hand of Pokemon, my opinion is not going to be equal to Natasha's. Not even close. Because she's a Pokemon you know, geek. She loves Pokemon. She's going to be the expert, not me. And I know that. But I'm not, you're not going to, that's why you're not going to see me show up and start telling Natasha about, well, wait a minute. We do have to pop her in here. Natasha, did Pikachu ever have a black tip on his tail? Honestly. You don't remember? I remember him with the black tip on his tail. That's the thing. A part of me feels like it wasn't there in the beginning, but it temporarily was, and then it just kind of disappeared. Yep, but if you go on the internet, he never had it. Yeah, and... I remember him with it. I don't remember it in the very, very beginning because I actually do still have some of the cards and some comics, so there's a little bit of proof there where he didn't have it, but I think they did it a little later on. But nope. it, see, yeah, there's something there that much I can say. See, I went to the expert because I don't know. I remember it with a black tip on their tail, but she's like, eh, it could be both. <sighs> All right. We've had enough fun for the day. If there's nothing else on the board tomorrow, we're going to pop politics. I do. I want to, the things that are going on in our country right now are absolutely freaking nuts. And I can show you tomorrow. Tomorrow will be the easiest, clearest I've ever been able to paint the picture that the Republicans are the right wing of a left bird of, of the of the progressive bird. What's going on in the Congress right now with the House of Representatives? That's straight out of the Democratic Party's playbook. Only it's the Republicans doing it, and Trump is helping. And we are going to have a big old heyday with this tomorrow. Um, I will be tossing suckers in the dirt throughout the entire playground tomorrow. I'll even probably pull a few of them out of the baby's mouths to toss them in the dirt myself. Yes, I saw that, Marianne. You remember it with the black tip, too. Um, but tomorrow's going to be a political day. Straight politics, all politics. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put on my political talk radio talk show hat, and I'm going to go for it. And there'll be no sacred cows off limits tomorrow. So I'll have my sword out, but we're going to have to talk about what's going on. It is nuts. It's absolute insanity. And it's, it's going to tear this country apart. And I think that's the goal. I believe that that is the goal. We're at a tipping point and they're trying to push us the rest of the way. They want the Bubba effect. They need the crisis. So that's what we're going to talk about. Because let me tell you, as much damage as he's already caused once, with COVID, if we don't watch it, we're going to let Trump push us the rest of the way over the edge. Whether he means to or not is irrelevant. But he seems to be the issue. And we're going to talk about that tomorrow. We thank each and every one of you for being here with us. We love each and every one of you. We hope we serve you in some which kind of way every day, even if today, like just to entertain you. Hopefully we gave you something to think about or something to go chase. Chasing after some of this mysterious stuff on your computer at night is a lot more entertaining and a lot more educational than watching what's on the rot gut of TV nowadays. Don't forget, even the NFL, it's all Kabuki theater. You're rooting for your teams, but you don't know who's winning. The NFL 
is registered as an entertainment industry, not a sports industry. Do you know why? That's so when they throw the game, they cannot be sued. Hmm. Go look into that. FanDuel. And the NFL is tied to the bookies in Las Vegas. Yeah. Go look. And they now go look into some others. Follow the money. Some of the other sports industries in this world are registered as sporting uh, organizations, not the NFL. So follow the money. So the NFL is like. It's wrestling. Worldwide wrestling. Yes. Oh, my grandmother used to love that. We watch that together all the time. There's a theory, a conspiracy theory for you, thread for you to pull on. And you know what you're going to find at the end of it? It, Truth. Truth. So if we're doing anything that helps, please spread the word about the show. Make sure you explain to people that the host is a nut job, but that the information that he's presenting, that's that's where the gold nugget is. And we build on one show after the other, after the other. You got to give us some time. If you are of a mind to do so, we would appreciate it if you'd go to the donut page, also known as donate page, and buy us a cup of coffee or a half a dozen donuts every month. That $5 reoccurring donation is the one we really are after. I like the bigger ones. Don't get me wrong. But those of you who five or more, five or more reoccurring, because I got a couple of you give me $10 a month. Love every one of you, man. You're helping. We're getting real close to where I can at least pay the basic overhead around here. And that is a big help. It takes the stress off my world. Need a few more of you to help join the game. Because without you, sooner or later, we'll be gone. I'm out of a job. Yeah, me too. So, But until then, until tomorrow when we go straight politics, y'all stay safe. Stay safe. Take care, and we'll see you. See you tomorrow.